0: Back to back wins and the Jets opening up a 30-point lead on anybody or two things I didn't think we'd get to watch this year. If only they could play the Redskins every week. Let's talk about it on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contis, I am a Contest. You better like me. I'm from All Alrighty, nice job with the free music YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation. Episode 18 of my first ever sports podcast, where we keep it simple, we keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, just put it in another podcast. If the Jets could play the Washington Redskins every week, I, I think I'd I buy into their playoff hopes being alive. i buy into the fact that they could still become a 500 team, be a 9-7 and 7 team, and, and maybe fight for the playoffs. But we know that's not the case. Right now, for the Jets, the thing is to see some sort of progress. The thing is to see some sort of progress from this head coach, to see some sort of progress from the quarterback especially. But this, by far, was the most complete game the Jets played all season. And now, it came against a 1-8 and team, an awful team with no quarterback and with no head coach in the Washington Redskins. But play and beat who's on your schedule, and that's what the Jets did. They beat the Washington Redskins. That's who was up next on their schedule. The Jets built off their victory against the Giants, so we got to credit them for that. Granted, it was not a huge confidence builder for me. It's just one week. The questions will continue. But the Jets did all that they could against the Washington Redskins. There's not one extra thing that I could have asked for out of them this week. This is all that we could have hoped for was to put forth a performance like this in back-to-back weeks and beating the Giants and then beating the Redskins 34-17 in what felt more like a 34-3 victory. They were up 34-3 in this game. The Redskins score a couple of touchdowns late in the fourth quarter, and it was their first touchdown in 17 quarters, They said, which is amazing. It's a Jet-like stat. The, The Jets' offense was similarly putrid not that long ago. Let's not forget that. But 17 quarters, 16 plus, 16 plus quarters without a touchdown for the Washington Redskins is insane. And I didn't even mind that the Jets gave up that touchdown to... And that statistic for the Washington Redskins, the law of averages, it was bound to happen at some point. If it happens in the fourth quarter when the Jets are up 34-3, to if that's when the Redskins break their streak, their their scoreless streak for 17 quarters, that's that's not an insult to the Jets' defense in my opinion. I, I really didn't mind. I'll take the the fact that they were up 34-3 and end up winning the game 34-17. I, I was not bothered at all by those touchdowns late in this game. But Sam Darnold was fantastic for the second week in a row. Darnold looked great and he played very well for the most part under pressure. He did have that bad interception, but the four touchdowns completely outweigh that. One of his best games as a Jet, maybe his best game as a Jet. His first time throwing four touchdowns in an NFL game. Uh, so that was great to see out of him. And I like the fact that the Jets kept the, the pedal down on offense, that they he threw the three touchdowns in the first half. They went out to the big lead, and then they kept the offense moving in the second half, because usually it seems like the Jets get off to a good start, and then they, they just kind of retreat from there. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the the interception, I, did th- I thought the interception, as usual, was bad from Sam Darnold. And I, I listened to most of this game. On the radio. So I didn't see the interception live. Uh, Greg Buttle during the halftime show was saying it was not a bad interception. It wasn't a bad pick. I went back and watched it, and it was an awful pick. It was a terrible interception by Sam Darnold. It was a a second and 17. He was under pressure. He flings it way over Ty Montgomery's head. Ty Montgomery also at the time, he had two guys on him, and he was behind the line of scrimmage. So even if they did convert that pass, Montgomery would have been tackled right there. It would have then been third and 22. So just throw the ball away. And that's something that Sam Darnold has yet to learn, and that's something that that he's got to learn, and that's something that, that falls on the head coach. That being said... It's a young quarterback mistake, and I get that. You can handle one of those a week in year two with a 22-year-old quarterback that's going to throw three or four touchdowns in a game. You could get you could get past that one interception. You can't handle it when it's multiple times in a week, and he's playing consistently bad football, and that's what we saw from Sam Darnold against the New England Patriots. That's what we saw from Sam Darnold the last few weeks against the Jaguars, That's but that's now a different Sam Darnold that we've seen last week and this week, so... We are starting to see progression for the first time this year from Darnold, and that's something good to see. So you can handle that type of interception when he's playing well, when he's throwing a few touchdown passes. You can't handle that type of interception when he's putting those games like like we saw against the, the Patriots and the Jaguars and other games earlier this year when he looked just like a completely inept—it looked like a high school quarterback— so, I, I don't know what Buttle was looking at there, but for, for the most part, I loved the radio broadcast. I enjoy listening to games on the radio every so often when you get a chance. So, I, I, I think Bob was is fantastic as the play-by-play voice. Tells it like it is. He calls out the opposition. He calls out the Jets. He questions the coach. He calls out the referees. He says everything that the, the fans are thinking when they're watching and when they're listening to a game. And that's what you got to love as a Jet fan. The, the Jets and ESPN, they they got that decision. Right back in uh, 2002 is when they made Wishus in the play-by-play voice, and it was actually it was him and it was Don LaGreca up for the job, and both then could have potentially been Michael K's radio co-host, but they did a, they did a good job pairing Don with K and Bob with the Jets, and then Bob actually went off and tried to do a talk radio type show on MSG himself, which was a, a two-hour daily talk show with um with Bill Daughtry in the afternoons and it it was in the early 2000s shortly after mike and the mad dog started getting really popular on the yes network msg did a similar type of thing even though it wasn't on the radio this was not a radio show this was just a television show but it was set up very similarly to the way mike and the mad dog were and bill and and bob would take calls just the same way and they would do just a talk radio show but uh that didn't quite work out on on msg but so that's that's your your media coverage for the day as I would always highly recommend listening to the radio broadcast with Bob Waschusen and Marty Lyons if you get the opportunity, Uh, even though I'm not sure what Greg Buttle was looking at when he saw that interception. But Darnold's pick ended up being turned into a field goal opportunity for the Washington Redskins which was uh, you'd sign up for because the Redskins were certainly were in the red zone they had an opportunity to get a touchdown they had an opportunity to break that that scoreless touchdown streak earlier than they did but the Redskins on that on that drive they go four plays for negative 10 yards and that just shows you the type of inept team that the Washington Redskins are, the type of inept offense that they have, they get the interception, they're in the red zone, they go four plays, negative 10 yards, and then they settle for the field goal. But they had the interception, then the Jets go and they fumble the kickoff, then the Jets also gave them the ball back on a roughing the kicker penalty, so it's essentially three turnovers, and on those three turnovers, the Redskins get three points out of it. That's an inept offense. That's an inept franchise. A franchise much worse off than the Jets right now. Ownership that's worse than the Jets. Coaching that's worse than the Jets. Quarterback play, all of it. Brutal from the Washington Redskins. Tough team to watch right now. Let's take a quick break on the Brandon Contis Jets podcast back after this. So I think I've made it pretty clear I don't like the head coach. I don't think Adam Gase is going to be here for a very long time. I don't trust him in New York especially But for this week against the Washington Redskins, and again, it's easy to make yourself look good against a team like the Washington Redskins, but I liked some of the creative play calling that we got from Gase. I liked some of the unpredictable play calling that we got from Adam Gase. Letting Bilal Powell throw the ball down the field, uh, stretching the field, keeping the foot on the pedal all game, which is something that usually we see the Jets score early and they retreat back into their shell. But the Jets this week against the Redskins, they kept aggressive on offense, even with the big lead. Even when they're up 20-3, they didn't to stop. They didn't just start running the ball. They they didn't forget about trying to stretch the field. They didn't forget about the fact that you have a quarterback that you're trying to develop and trying to turn into a franchise quarterback. And we saw that progression continue with the New York Jets and with Sam Darnold and with Darnold and Gase, that pairing this week against the Redskins. And again, like I said, I understand it's against the Redskins. So that's why I'm not going to get too excited over it. But they at least deserve some credit for the play calling being improve from what we've seen in in past weeks with this season and specifically late in the third quarter it's third down and about a half a yard and they're at midfield they're up by 17 it's 20 to 3 at that point so right now you're you're thinking you're just assuming they're going to run the ball they're going to try to get the first down that way and if they don't get the first down they're going to punt on on fourth and try to pin the Redskins deep in their own zone but instead they go run a uh, play action pass, Darnold throws a play deep down the field down the sideline and it it goes incomplete. I love the play call. I love the fact that they tried to to throw to catch the Redskins off guard and throw a deep ball there. It didn't work out Fine, fourth down, they go for it. I loved taking a shot downfield, and when they didn't get it, they went for it on fourth down. I thought that was fantastic. It was unexpected. It's not at all what you're what you're used to seeing from Gase and the Jets, but to me it made sense. You're going up against a bad Redskins team. Try to, try to make something happen downfield. If you can't, go for it on fourth down because the Redskins could not score at that point. So if you don't convert on fourth down and you give it back to the Redskins there at midfield, so what? You take that chance. Gase never takes chances. He never took chances in Miami, but he did here in Washington. And and let's give him some credit for that against the Redskins. I love that play-calling set. I love that they stayed aggressive because so far this year, it seems like when Adam Gase needs to start calling plays during the game, the Jets' offense comes to a screeching stop. And they get off to a good start every single week, even when, the, when they were losing and the team looked inept. They were scoring touchdowns on their opening drives, and then the offense would just stall from there because that means that Gase was developing a good game plan to start, that the scripted plays would work. And then when it came time to call the plays during the game, when it came time to make adjustments during the game, the Jets and Adam Gase were unable to do so. But they did here this week against the Redskins. Was it improved play calling? Was it the inept Redskins? It was probably a little bit of both, but it's something that, as Jet fans especially, we needed to see. And what I'm waiting for is the day when the Jets get off to a slow start in the first quarter, when they don't score in the first quarter, maybe when they don't even score in the first half. But when they come out in the second half and they make the necessary adjustments and when, when Adam Gase is able to play that chess match with the opposition, when, when he's able to make changes and make tweaks and figure out ways to to improve the offense within the game, to improve the team within the game. It's great that he could develop a game plan to come out with a hot start, but let's see what you could do when things don't go well. Let's see what you do when, when, when things aren't working. Let's see those moves made within the game because that's when the head coaches are at their best. That's when the great head coaches are at the, their best. That's what we see from Bill Belichick. We see the Patriots could come out and, and get off to a rough start, but they make adjustments within the game and they figure out the game plan from the other team and they figure out how to counteract it. And that's when they go out and win the game. I don't, I don't have any confidence that Adam Gase is able to do that. One thing that we do know, one thing that we do have confidence and faith in is that it does not matter who Jamal Adams goes up against. He's going to dominate. He did not have a great game only because it was the Washington Redskins. Jamal Adams, you can count on to have a great game every single week. He's that good. Three more sacks for Jamal Adams this week. Six on the season. 3 and that's and that's 6 in the last 3 weeks. 6 on the season and 6 in the last 3 weeks. Is it is it possible that Jamal Adams gets double digit sacks this year the way he's going it would be the first double digit season uh for sacks for the Jets since since Muhammad Wilkerson in 2015. But then watch the Jets go out and trade him. At the end of the season, and and that I I still I fully expect that as as well as Adams is playing as much as Adams says he wants to be here, I have no doubt in my mind that the Jets look at this team and they see how many holes they need to fill. Joe Douglas will look at the lack of talent on this team and, and the lack of playmakers and lack of help, the amount of help that they need on the offensive line, the amount of help that they need in the secondary from cornerback play. And he's going to ignore the fact that you have this great star player in Jamal Adams and just look at the fact that you can get. Maybe a first and a second round draft pick. Maybe you could get two first round draft picks for Jamal Adams. And you're going to go ahead and make that deal to try to to fill the holes that way. But you're never going to recoup the type of talent that Jamal Adams is. And he is a game changer. And normally, I would say, you know what, for a safety, I would look at it and say, maybe if, if you could get two first round draft picks for a safety in the type of situation that the New York Jets are in right now with the lack of talent that they have, I would look at it and I would say, maybe you should do it. But Jamal Adams is so good. That I think it would be a mistake to trade him. And I think they need to figure out a way to make peace with Jamal Adams, and they need to keep him happy, and they need to figure out a way to keep him here. Do I believe that it's going to happen? I don't, because I don't think they really want Mike McCagney guys here. And while we speak of inept team decisions, a couple of things from last week, how about Quincy and Nunwa in that situation? Because this is now the third time this season that an injured player has had an issue with the Jets and the way that they're handling his injuries, and the way that they're handling finding that player and that speaks to the lack of leadership from the Jets front office the lack of leadership from the head coach the lack of trust and the lack of respect that they have for their head coach and Adam Gase for these injured players to to constantly be having issues with him and Quincy and who admitted guilt he admitted that what he did was wrong he said that he, he skipped showing up for treatment twice and he didn't tell the, the team until afterwards so those are finable offenses then if that's the case but for this to be the third time for the Jets that this happened, it looks bad. So even if they are right in the Quincy Nunwa situation, they lose the benefit of the doubt. But we saw it earlier this year with Koleche Osemele and the fact that he said he needed a shoulder surgery. The team said he didn't need shoulder surgery and he could still play through it. But he was going to go get that surgery anyway against the team's wishes. And they were meanwhile, the Jets are fining him for missing practices, fining him for missing games. The day that he goes up to Boston to get the surgery, the Jets are fining him. They ultimately... ...release him, and then he files an injury grievance against the New York Jets, which is still ongoing. And then a couple weeks later, Luke Falk does the same thing after the Jets release him. Once Sam Darnold comes back and they no longer needed his services, and then Falk comes back... ...and he files an injury grievance against the New York Jets, saying that he needs hip surgery. So now, with Quincy Anunua being fined while he's out being injured, this is now the third time that the the Jets are, are dealing with this. That looks really bad. That looks bad for the rest of the team. That looks bad for free agents. If the Anunua thing was an isolated incident, maybe I would say, you know what, maybe the Jets are right. If the KO thing was an isolated incident, maybe I would say the Jets are right. If the Luke Falk thing was an isolated incident, maybe I would be able to give the the Jets the benefit of the doubt and say that they're right in this situation. But when you have three, this happened three times in the span of about a month, the team looks really bad. And I don't know if this is a league-wide thing, but Anunua also took the picture of the Jets posting and displaying for everybody to see the fact that he was fined is—is that—is that something that happens with every team? I'm not sure. Is if that's common practice for if a player gets fined if there's a finable offense that they they post it for everybody to see? Uh, but I mean, to me that that's something that like if if a noon was getting fined, I, I would want the Jets to kind of handle that a little bit privately. I, I don't think that needs to be displayed for the entire team and for media and for everybody to see. So that's that's a, a little bit juvenile to, to to do that type of thing. But again, to me, it just shows that players have a lack of respect for Adam Gase. It shows that players have a lack of trust for Adam Gase. The fact that Inunwa got fined for something he did wrong, and he still went public with it, and he still tweeted it out, and he was complaining about the team and and showing that he he feels disrespected. To me, that's because he he doesn't trust the head coach. If he had a good relationship with the head coach, maybe he would have went and he would have had a conversation with him about it. But... Adam Gase has already made it clear he doesn't like to speak to injured players because when asked if he, he spoke to Osemale, when that whole thing was going on, he said, no, I, I, I don't, didn't speak to him and and he didn't feel that he needed to speak to him. So if he's not going to speak to KO when he was injured, why is Anunua going to think that Adam Gase is going to want to talk to him when he's injured? So... This just looks bad for multiple reasons. Players are going to always side with other players, so potential free agents are going to look at this and absolutely look at it as a knock on the Jets. And I think if all things are equal with a free agent that Jets are going after, if the money's the same, if the opportunities look the same, then why would they want to come here when they see how the, the Jets are treating their, their injured players and they see all the issues that they, they have with them? I think this is absolutely a bad look. Uh, and three times in a month is is insane, and it just shows an ineptitude from the front office and an ineptitude from the head coaching. And I, I know Sam Darnold acts like he loves Adam Gase, but he, he's 22 years old. I don't know that he has the ability to call out a coach yet. He's dealt with Todd Bowles, and now he's dealt with Adam Gase. Do you think he wants to do this every year? Do you think he wants a third coach in three years? Absolutely not. It makes no. It makes more sense for him to trust the process than to fight it. And I kind of think that's what you're seeing from Sam Darnold when he compliments the head coach as much as he does. And then for for Christopher Johnson to come out and give Gase the vote of confidence, I mean look, if the Jets were to have finished two and fourteen, he's gone. Now, obviously, they're they're 3-7. and seven. They're building momentum. If that continues, then he stays. So I, I don't really put too much stock in him saying that Adam Gase is coming back next year, giving him that vote of confidence after they beat the Giants and and showing some support for the head coach after he was on the hot seat for a few weeks. They got a victory. They went up against the Redskins. You, you kind of thought maybe they, they were going to get two in a row, so it was a good time to show that vote of confidence. But at 1-7, and seven, it was really bad. Sam Darnold was really bad. If that continued, he was going to lose his job. Adam Gase was going to lose his job. But they stopped the bleeding, so they don't want to fire him. They, they, they want to have found the right guy. The hope is that Adam Gase is the right guy. So as long as momentum and progress continues to build, but I'm not sold yet that that progress is going to continue to build. If you put the number at three and a half years for how long Adam Gase is going to be the head coach of the New York Jets, I absolutely take the under. But the last three weeks, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins was like a mini preseason for the Jets. They go two and one. Now they start to play a couple of real football teams. The Raiders are a good step up without jumping to the elite, not jumping to the Ravens, not jumping to the Patriots. The Jets should be thankful to the schedule makers for the way it's turned out because it's saving their season. It's saving Adam Gase and saving Sam Darnold even. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Connors Jets podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes soon. And as always, big up.